Welcome to That Shit Show, a podcast about overcoming trauma. I'm Emma Castle. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to the show, Amy. Amy is a midwife from Queensland and Amy and I actually have a pretty special relationship because we actually met when she was looking after me. <laughs> so welcome. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going? Oh, it's, you know, going good. Going really good. <laughs> no complaints. Like, so today's topic is about trauma and particularly mm-hmm. pregnancy loss. So I'm guessing... Um, you would see a lot of that in your line of work, but also the reason you became a midwife is sort of because of your own journey with that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I um, lost a son at 24 weeks of pregnancy and it was pretty horrific, <laughs> pretty, um, you know, traumatic as it is. Um, but the whole experience was made kind of, I guess, bearable for lack of a better word. Um by the care that I received from the two midwives who looked after me and I found that really inspiring. Um, and I guess, you know, from that I didn't want his, um, the loss of him to be for nothing, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I um, became a midwife. I thought, you know, if I can make a difference to other people's journey uh, through loss or, you know, any any kind of pregnancy related things then that would make it all worthwhile and it definitely has that's for sure (laughs) so you they did help you sort of heal like because how long did it take to actually become a midwife and what were you doing before that before you made that decision um before that I was in marketing and communications um complete different um (laughs) occupation but um I guess, look, it took a long time to get over it. There were moments when I couldn't get off the couch, you know, and yeah, it's hard. Like you lose, it's not just a baby. It's the thoughts of that future family that you, your thoughts and your hopes and your dreams. So that was a big thing to come over or get over, I guess. And um, I'd always wanted to be a nurse but my mother, who's a nurse, God love her, said, <laughs> don't you dare be a nurse. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I won't be a nurse. I'll be a midwife. Um, and yeah, I'm not even sure how it came to me. I guess it was just purely just the care I received and just reflecting on that after, you know, or during the grieving process that I just went, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, and then the study itself took three years, um, a direct entry course, um, specifically, you know, looking at pregnancy related issues and, you know, everything to do with pregnancy, which was fantastic. It used to be, you had to be a nurse first and then a, and then a midwife. Um, but the direct entry course was just exactly what I needed and wanted. Um, and so now I've been a midwife for 10 years. Yeah. You have two other kids now too, is that right? Because was this your first baby that you lost? That, that was my first baby and I've had three more since that. <laughs> <laughs> Help, yes. So did, like, did having more children also help with that as well? or? Um, I think so, yeah. Um, I remember going back to the hospital to have my daughter who was my first baby after losing my son and just having total like 
PTSD symptoms, really, like feeling very anxious and scared. I remember, you know, between contractions as we're walking through the doors, I was like, please don't give me room 10. Don't put me in room 10 because that was the room that I'd lost him in. And that was like a real fear. Um, so yeah. And that even that, you know, fear of that room even stayed on once I became a midwife and started working at the same hospital. It was like, I would start to feel anxious and clammy and sweaty. And, you know, um, I just couldn't deal with going anywhere near that room for a really, really long time. So it took, yeah, years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're extremely well positioned to look after people who are in the same boat I suppose because you know having now had three children uh, did you have like cesareans or natural birth with your other three kids um they were all vaginal births yeah with the other three yeah, yeah. you've kind of had like a lot of experience with with you know the delivery of three live babies but yeah. today we're going to talk about people who don't have live babies so yeah in your line of work do you see a lot of that is there is there more than you know most people think there is there is look I think it's depending on where you work what you're exposed to but definitely where I work is a tertiary center so we do see a lot of um, women who are losing their babies either for health complications or social reasons or there's you know lots of different reasons that they're losing their babies and we definitely come across a lot more um, now than we did a little while ago yeah And I think that's just, I think it's just environmental, really. It's not really social. I think it's more environmental. Yeah. Just where I work now, as opposed to where we worked before, we were in a tertiary center and now we are. Ah, okay. I see. Mm, There's some sort of um, protocol attached to when you have a woman come in who's losing their baby. And um, when you say tertiary, do you mean that like as in from midterm through to late term? pregnancy loss or do you get people in early stages of miscarriage as well? Um, We do. We have different departments that kind of deal with the different stages. Um, We tend to deal with, I guess, the midterm to late-term losses, Um, whereas the earlier miscarriages before 12 weeks um, tend to go through a different centre, a different um, area in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And so your training as a midwife, did they teach you how to handle this or is it more your own intuition that you kind of look at this individual and kind of go, here's what I think this person needs? Like how do they train you to cope with this? It's, yeah, it's a funny one. Hey, there's no specific training. I guess there are different workshops and things that you can take through SANS and SIDS and Kids and all those kind of areas. Um, But it's more of an independently developed skill, I guess. Um, And it comes down to each individual midwife and whether they're comfortable looking after those women and whether they feel like that's something they want to do. Um, Which, of course, you know, I always put my hand up like, just, you know, to make a difference, you know, a a gentle voice, a bit of empathy, some, you know, I know that not everyone feels the same way that I did when I lost my baby. Like everybody grieves so differently. And I think that's important to realize too, but yeah, it, it comes down to the individual midwife 
um, whether or not they're um, actually interested in looking after those cases, those specific cases. So when you first started working as a midwife, like how did you cope with having to deal with those cases? Because obviously you're still freaked out by room number 10. You're still coping with like everything yeah. that you your own loss. So yeah. did it sort of trigger you when someone would come in and have that situation or a similar situation to what you found yourself in? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely it does. Um, not so much anymore, you know. Um, I lost my son. What, he, he would be 13 now, so it was a long time ago, 13 years. Um, but initially it was it was confronting, but it was something that I knew I wanted to do so desperately to make a difference um, that I just pushed through it, you know, probably to the detriment of me at times, you know, there were lots of hours or not hours, but you know, moments, I guess, spent, you know, crying in the bathroom or um, just talking to my coworkers who, you know, in midwifery, we have a beautiful, um, co-working family I guess you'd call us um so we're all pretty supportive of each other and you know not many people knew what I'd been through myself but they knew that I was upset and you know midwives are generally (laughs) empathetic and caring so you know there was always a shoulder I could cry on and you know even the midwives who haven't lost a baby before you know you meet these cases and they do affect you deeply um yeah, so, you know, lots of tears, um, a kind ear and a shoulder to cry on and and a psychologist too outside of work that really helped me, yeah, deal with those feelings. Because, yeah, I guess you're getting people like really right at that moment where they haven't had a chance to process anything. All their yeah. is panic probably. I mean, that's certainly yeah. when it first happened, I just felt like, panic just panic and Mm. this weird animal feeling of terror (laughs) yeah and also helplessness like where you just can't control what's happening and and you're in pain and so you're getting people when they're in the middle of like probably one of the worst days of their life and you're looking after subsequent days but then there's also the health risks of those people where sometimes They've lost the baby, but they might also be kind of nearing death themselves because I know you told me about some cases where like terrible, terrible blood loss, like really major hemorrhaging. and So you're also dealing with people facing their own mortality as well. And so I suppose with your experience, like what can people do? when they find out that their friend has lost a baby, what can, what would your advice be based like on your own experience, but also on your experience as a midwife? Cause you would see lots of behavior around that. Mm. So have you, can you kind of share what you think might be helpful and what might be not so helpful? Mm. <sighs> Look, everyone's different, but the majority <laughs> that I've seen over the years, <sighs> They're worried that people are going to retreat, which does tend to happen. You know, there's this big taboo around childhood, you know, around perinatal loss, you know, losing a baby. It's a very taboo issue, I guess, until recent years. It's become a bit more spoken about. But people don't know what to say. A lot of the time people won't 
mention the baby. They might call in to see if you're okay, but they don't, you know, want to talk about the baby or the name of the baby or anything like that. You know, it's kind of like it never happened. And I think a lot of women feel like that's what I'm looking for, but um, I guess it's like, it's not respectful to what they've been through. Um, there's always the odd case, you know, I've met a couple of women who have been like, they don't want to see the baby. They don't want to mention the baby. They don't, you know, they like to pretend that it hasn't happened and that's, you know, what helps them get through it. But the majority of women that I've spoken to that I've looked after, um, over the course of the 10 years want to talk about their baby. They want they want people to recognize that they've been through this really traumatic experience. You know, they were pregnant. They were gonna, they had plans for this baby. They had baby showers planned. They had a room set up. They had dreams and hopes and aspirations for this baby. So don't ignore it. You know, just say, Hey, how are you going? I'm really sorry you lost your baby. Like if there's anything I can do, if it's just, you know, to listen, that's, you know, just to, so that they know that you're there when they need you. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah, I know. I know. Um, when I lost my son, I joined a group online, and that was a big help. This was the days before. Gosh, I think Facebook wasn't even out yet. <laughs> so it was like you chatted on online forums, and I know that that was the general feeling of the women in the support group that I joined on this forum, they were all going through different stages of loss at different stages of their pregnancy. And they're on different stages of their journey. And they all resonated with that feeling that, um, yeah, people just are ignoring it. They're not talking about it. And I feel like I went through this thing and no one cares. So yeah, I think if you have a friend that's losing a baby or lost a baby, talk to them about it, you know, just say, I know what you went through was really awful, but I'm here yeah. and I know it happened. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, what, well, that's my, my opinion, but what do, what do you think? Do you, is that how you felt? I just feel like there's just this almost like this unspoken social code that we don't talk about this stuff like yeah you do talk about it like you realize that it's happened to so many people and they've it's been mm-hmm. everyone is affected differently but it's a really common thing and I think like when I realized how common and also hearing other people's stories um and you know this is kind of awful but when you hear stories that are worse than your own like you know, I actually found that really helpful because I was just like, oh my God, like this was bad, but it could have been so much worse, you know? It means like, well, I have so much empathy at any time I hear of anyone who's had any situation where they've lost a child, like a, like a a perinatal loss or, um, like an actual child, (laughs) just the whole thing around me now. Um, and I, I I was like, you know, obviously it was sad before, but now I'm just like, (laughs) I'm like, I can't go with it. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know how people survive that, but it's, um, yeah, I just feel like I wish people talked about it more because, you know, like people talk about their parents dying because of course that's going to happen maybe. Like, I mean, everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to die. In the natural order of things, usually your parents and grandparents die. And so that everyone's cool with talking about that to some extent. But Mm. when it comes to, yeah, pregnancy laws, it's almost like you're not allowed to talk about it. Like it's indulgent yeah. to talk about it. Um, like you're yeah. sorry for yourself or something. <laughs> like it's, oh. Absolutely. So that's really shit because people just sort of, yeah. like, <laughs> we don't want to, we don't, not, not this again. Like it's almost like you can yeah. as the woman who lost the baby and doesn't want to. Yeah move on or something it's it's not yeah. just that this huge thing happened you know like I yeah. had friends who've broken up with boyfriends <laughs> and like this <laughs> about it like 10 years yeah. later. but like you lose a baby like and you, you're not allowed to talk about it ever it's yeah like, absolutely oh yeah I would I would just love it if people could talk about it more and acknowledge it and acknowledge how painful it is even like for some people, it's really painful even 30 years later, but they mm-hmm. still celebrate that baby's birthday when the baby baby's birthday would have been or the day they yeah. were born. Um, I don't know. What Do you do anything like that? Do you commemorate him? And what was his name? Yeah, yeah. So my son's name was Alex. Um, and we've always just um, spoken very openly about him with the children, I guess, has been the biggest thing. Um, you know, they know that they had an older brother. Um, and we, every year on his birthday, we might have like a little cake or something, you know, it's nothing dramatic, but we have a cake. And every year at Christmas, I have, you know, all these ornaments that I bought shortly after I lost him for that Christmas. And one that's really, really dear to me came from that support group that I spoke about earlier. And we all kind of sent each other um, Christmas ornaments to kind of try and help each other through Christmas that had our baby's names on them. And I know it's got, um, a beautiful poem that I can't quote to you right now, (laughs) but it's got a beautiful poem on it. It's a blue star and it's got his name and his birth date on it. And every time I hang that up on the Christmas tree, you know, I get a bit teary, you know, and that's 13 years later, but you know, it makes you think what you lost, what you could have had. Um, which I think are normal feelings for you to have forever when you've lost a child. I don't think there's, there's no timeline on grief and there's no timeline on ever getting over losing a child. Just like you said before, like when parents die, you don't ever get over losing your father or your mother. You know, it's something that will just hit you at certain times. Like, Oh God, I'm still sad about that. Like, you know, and I think it's the same with um, losing the baby, even if you've never, met your baby alive you know you met that baby because it was in your belly and it was growing and it was moving and it was all the things you know it was a person um and it was the thought of a person and the dreams of a person so yeah we like to commemorate it every year with his birthday and the kids talk to people about it I remember when my daughter was three and she well and truly knew that she had an older brother just from pictures around the house and things. And um, she would just say to random strangers because she just, you know, out of the babes, out of the mouth of babes, she was like, 
I have a brother, but he's dead. <laughs> and people in the supermarket would be like, oh my goodness. Like, and they'd be really uncomfortable and feel really confronted. And I felt like I had to apologize to them. Like, I'm really sorry. And I had to think of ways to make them not feel uncomfortable. You know, it, it and that goes back to that whole being a taboo in society, you know, people not knowing what to say, you know, but yeah, we do commemorate. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I always will. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've got, um, I've got two, like, so when Max, when we lost our first baby, um, I bought these two pots and I have these two rose bushes in these pots. So that they're, they're yeah. roses. And then when the twins happened, um, like, so I actually had Max's ashes and the twins ashes. Um, and then like, so Joey has a birth tree and it's in Mulberry. Cause like I had a Mulberry tree when I was a baby and yeah. Um, so that was my, my parents thing. And, um, so I bought Joey a mulberry tree. And so all the ashes of the three babies are in the mulberry tree pot with Joey. Yeah. So like for me, it's kind of like they're, you know, it's, they're together yeah. in one way or another, you know? Yeah. 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 That's really lovely. Yeah. And, um, I guess like in terms of support when people leave the hospital, like, because I had like my experience with you was that, when I was in hospital with you, I felt completely safe and completely cared for yeah. and understood. Like you guys yeah. did the most incredible job of looking after me. And, but it's when you leave, it's like, so uh, do you have any recommendations for people when they leave? Like, is it like, should they reach out to an online group or, you know, what, what do you think is a good idea for that period when you leave the bubble. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, that's what it feels like, doesn't it? You're leaving a bubble and you're, you're leaving your babies, which is so devastating. You know, you've had that time with them and then you have to leave and how do you pick up the pieces afterwards? Look, <laughs> I don't know that there's any hard and fast rule for anybody. You know, it's that whole question of how everyone grieves, but just seek out support, you know, and whether it's from your partner or your mother or an online group, or if they're not helping, seek out a psychologist because, you know, you, you don't have to feel so alone and you do, you feel alone. And I think it's hard because men grieve so differently in this instance as well. Um, I see a lot of the partners that feel very detached from the experience, like, and they don't quite know what to do, how to help. Um, and I think that carries on when you go home, like from speaking to other women, I know a lot of marriages have broken down because they haven't felt like they've had the support from their partner. Um, but even getting your partner to talk to someone about how he can help you and how he can process his feelings too. Um, cause men are terrible at that. <laughs> They're really, really terrible. <laughs> like, like Anthony didn't even like really like apart from like when we were actually at the hospital the first time, um, like he yeah. cried when we were in the room together and we were holding the baby. Um, yeah. But up until that point, he said, "I look, I hadn't even kind of really, it hadn't really computed that this was happening. Yeah. It, it didn't feel yeah. to me because it's not my body. Like it didn't." It wasn't, this baby yep. wasn't growing my body. And so for him, it was like a problem that needed to be solved. The problem was solved. And, you know, but then he, when he actually held the baby, he was like really, really 
broken about it for a while. Yeah. But then the next time he was just really angry. He was so angry for ages and like, yeah, wasn't in a position to support me at all. And we had a really awful time there for a while. And, but then I subsequently had a miscarriage since then at 11 weeks and he was brilliant this time. Yeah. So it's that whole thing of like you learn your past experiences but um yeah you know hopefully not many people are going to have to do that <laughs> like have that whole experience of like well here we are again but um yeah say like when it happened again it was really amazing but um I don't know how did your husband cope with it at the time um he was angry really really angry um he was beautiful with me. Like, don't get me wrong. He was very caring, nurturing, but he didn't know what to do with me. He was like, you know, I was a basket case. I was lying on the couch, crying, not moving. Just, he didn't know what to do. Um, so thankfully he rang my parents <laughs> who were very helpful. And yeah, they, my dad, I just remember I have this beautiful memory of my dad just coming in and going, no, you have to get back out in the world. And he just scooped me in his arms and put me in the car and said, you're going out. And he just took me up into the mountains and we just sat looking over um, a big creek. And, yeah, it helped just take that first step of getting out of the house again. Um, but my husband, I <laughs> I know I definitely wasn't a support to him, you know, which is hard for them if they do take it hard because you're each dealing with your own grief. Um, so I know for him, he was angry for a long time, a really long time. And I think he still is, you know, he was, um, and this is probably quite extreme, but I know a lot of people might feel similarly as he was quite um a strict catholic he was raised as quite a strict catholic and he believed in god and everything and after that he just turned you know he turned his back on his religion he just he was like how could there be a god if you've made me go through this experience made us go through this experience you know and that that was a hard thing for him to deal with as well and his family didn't know how to support him through that either um, so yeah, I guess, you know, the men need to get help too. They need to talk to someone because yeah. otherwise they just harbor that anger, don't they? And that, that feeling of being upset and not knowing what to do with it. Yeah. And as you yeah. said before, you touched on, like, you're not really in a position to support each other because you're both no. going through something. And it's pretty, I, for me, it seems like it's really different because for us, it's our bodies. Like it's mm. not just the kind of like loss of this idea or this hope or dream or whatever, but there's like physical yeah. fallout from a miscarriage. Like your hormones go super crazy yeah. for a while. And yeah. you still got like a linear negra, like you still got the line down your belly. That's like, you know, it doesn't yeah. go away straight away. And so there's all these yeah that you were pregnant and pulls out like depending on where like you have that full-on shed that you get when you actually do deliver a baby like a baby it still happens so for like you're still getting this stuff yeah yeah a baby (laughs) yeah exactly and some women get milk you know they start to lactate as well which is traumatic really traumatic and you've got those other ones that have you know, your postpartum hemorrhages and things. Like, yeah. 
It's it's hard. The woman's just trying to get through it <laughs> physically and mentally. Yeah. And so I guess on balance, like in terms of like your daily workload, you'd see a lot of joy too, right? Like you'd see a lot. No. Of, I mean, like childbirth is not easy. Like <laughs> it is, but hopefully on balance, you have a lot of people walking out of that hospital with a baby. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. We have lots of beautiful experiences. The beautiful experiences outweigh those sad ones. Yeah. And, you know, the sad ones, <sighs> I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but the sad ones can be a beautiful experience too. Um, but yeah, they're, they're sad. <laughs> they're hard to get over. Um, but yeah, the beautiful ones, definitely the, the live births definitely help, um, with the, the balance. Yeah. Well, I noticed at the hospital, you guys had a whole wall of cards, like thank you cards and photographs of babies. And stuff. You get a lot of thank yous from people who have had miscarriages because I like the care I received from you guys was sort of unparalleled, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know, when you go home, you kind of just wish you could go back in a way because you sort of, yeah. Like you're with people who actually get what's happening and I don't know, you yeah. guys have a really good sense of humor too. Like you're just a really cool bunch of people, like people you <laughs> be friends with. <laughs> I tracked you down. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> you must have so many people who leave you all kind of just in awe of you. Like so do you yeah. get a lot of positive feedback from people you've helped? Um, we, we probably, I would say that it's more our losses who are the most grateful, um, as far as returning with cards and gifts and things like that. Like, and that's really lovely because it shows that we've really made a difference to their experience, you know, um, the ones who have, (laughs) you know, their babies, they get to take home. You do get a lot of thanks, but yeah, it's more consistent with the ones who lose their babies. It's, um, yeah, pretty, pretty much most of them return with a gift or a card or, you know, a thank you. Um, and yeah, that's, you know, because you have made such a big impact because it is such a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you're actually in a position to help people avoid PTSD essentially. Yeah suffered PTSD and I think that Mm. immediate triage like that emotional triage you guys provide kind of is a pretty important step in potentially avoiding that and do you ever get people back do you ever get people back who've had a loss but then they're having a live birth with you and yeah pretty cool that's amazing that's such a um emotional and (laughs) amazing experience it's so rewarding I can't even explain it it's yeah just the emotion in that room when they have their you know their rainbow baby is it's just beautiful you know there's tears lots of tears when that baby's there and it's just yeah a really really special moment that I'm so privileged to get to share you know I just it's an amazing job being a midwife and getting to experience the highs and lows and see just human emotion, raw emotion and raw experiences, you know, it's 
yeah, it doesn't get much better than that, really. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a lot to deal with. It's like you can't yeah. phone it in. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like, <laughs> today. I'm just going to sit in my desk and do my work. Like, you don't ever have a day like that. <laughs> no, no, we don't. No, no, we don't. And um, back to that, um, yeah, looking after someone after a loss, it's so funny because... Um, when I lost Alex, I had this one amazing midwife, um, Catherine, and she was actually the one who was there when I had my daughter as well. And for me, as someone who had experienced a loss, I felt it was so healing to have that. It was almost like it had done a big 360 and completed the evolution of that experience that I'd gone through. Yeah, that was very, very special for me so you know and we do try to if we see because we always see the women's names who come in and you know when you look after women who've had a loss they touch a special place in your heart you know you kind of you know you remember them and um so if we ever see them come up and we've been with them during a loss we will put our hands up and say I want to look after her because you know it's going to be that beautiful healing experience for that woman well you hope it will be (laughs) yeah Yes. So I guess, like, do you remember your first one? Do you remember the first baby you delivered? Not your first baby as in your own time, <laughs> like when you were actually there as a midwife. Do you as remember? the midwife? Oh, do you know what? Gosh. Yes, I do, actually. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because um, did you all kind of blur together after a while? Like how many babies have you helped bring into the world, do you reckon? Like just to guess. Uh, I would honestly not have a clue. Like it'd be well into the hundreds, high hundreds maybe. <laughs> I honestly don't know um, how many I've yeah, been there for. But, yeah, I, there's certain, certain cases and certain um, women and families who stick out definitely it's hard because you get um sometimes you'll get a woman in and you'll be with her for 12 hours of her labor and you know she might not have a baby but you've been with her for 12 hours um you know she might have a baby on the next shift you know when the next midwife comes in um but you'll remember her because you might have made a connection with her over those 12 hours you know you've really bantered and you know gotten along really well um and then there's the ones that come in and you know they're screaming down the hallway ready to push a baby out and you're <laughs> in and out basically you're in you catch the baby and then you know you're doing your paperwork <laughs> yeah. some of those <laughs> some of those might stick in your mind because they were so fast and funny and you know the the, the whole <laughs> the whole birth experience for her was quite funny and um yeah but you just you don't remember everyone and I wish I could like I remember being a student midwife and whenever um, they do handover, they'd be like, oh, you know, that lady in room, whatever. And I'd be like, she has a name. Like she has a name. Use her name. Like I was so self-righteous. Like, come on. I bet you can't even remember your own name some days now. Oh, my gosh. I, well, I never remember my children's names. So, you know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you you just remember certain cases and certain things. Like I've had women come up to me in the supermarket and be like, oh, you help me um, have my baby. And I'll be like, oh, 
gosh, like, give me a hint. Like, (laughs) and maybe I'll see their husband and, you know, he wasn't naked and screaming. Well, I met him. So I recognize him better than I recognize the woman. (laughs) (laughs) You hope that you look better like that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, you might remember the baby's name or some circumstance that they mention around the birth that triggers your memory. But yeah, there's so many and it's so hard to remember everyone's name. And it's, that's the sucky thing about the profession is that we're so busy all the time. Um, especially in a hospital based midwifery program, you know, I think if you're more your um, continuity of care model, which is where you have the one midwife for your whole pregnancy. Can't talk that up enough. If anyone ever gets, you know, the chance to have that experience. Um, Then of course you remember your women, you know, because you've had that nine months of bonding or seven months of bonding, you know, to get to that point. Um, But yeah, I wish I could remember everyone's names, but there's definitely cases that, you know, stand out. <laughs> yeah. Just like looking back after 10 years and countless babies and countless women and, and men and, you know, like, are you, do you know you made the right choice? Like that you did turn that super, super shitty time in your own life into something that really did actually help a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, uh, yeah. A massive thing for me. I I am so privileged to be a midwife. You know, there's there's times when you get stuck in the politics of, you know, being in a public health system that you get frustrated and you think, God, like, you know, I wish I could change some things. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of it, when you're in a room with a woman, whether she's losing a baby or or having, you know, a healthy live baby, it it's it's just such a privilege. It just brings you back down to earth and remind you why you're doing it you know like the fact that and it's a scary thing too but the fact that you can have such an impact on helping a woman to have a positive birthing experience um, or a less traumatic loss experience is it's daunting but it's yeah, I keep using the word, but it's a privilege. It really is. Like there's not many jobs that you can have in life where you can make such a massive impact on people. Um, I mean, you know, you talk to any woman and they remember who their midwife was, you know, like I, you remember You guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And most importantly is do you remember how your midwife made you feel? And that's, yeah. That's an incredible um, thing to have as a person and, you know, to know I'm making that difference. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to suck up to the midwives afterwards, like what should we send you? Like what present? <laughs> presents? Like, <laughs> do we send cakes? <laughs> look, look, we all, most of us love a drink. Um <laughs> um chocolate's always the winner pizza oh we love pizza um (laughs) do you send it to the hospital like do you how do you address it so if you want to send a present to your midwives how do you send it like is it do you just address it to the hospital and they they'll just know that 
you know, to do. Yeah, and just write birth suite or um, postnatal ward or antenatal, depending on where you're sending them to. But, yeah, yeah, just yeah, any of those. <laughs> and we'll receive them with open arms. <laughs> Like food is always a winner because usually we're so busy um, running around and, you know, doing birth after birth that we usually just have a table with food that we can just grab snacks off as we go just to keep us going. Um, so food is always a winner, definitely. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. I wanted to send you guys something and like I ended yeah. up getting a card, but I was like, I just, I wanted to send, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> didn't even know if you would receive the card because I didn't know where to address it and blah, blah, blah. So I, I got the card. <laughs> I imagine tons of people would want to send something because like you're just yeah. so grateful. So, yeah. So um, even just an email, you know, like a lot of the time I guess in the public system, uh, a lot of midwives express this feeling of feeling undervalued. So even just an email to, you know, the the bosses of birth suite or postnatal, whatever, just outlining the amazing care that you received, you know, because that goes a long way and it boosts morale and, you know, it's a, it's a hard profession. It's rewarding, but it's hard. And just to get that thanks means so much to us. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Well, I think that's, I think that's all my questions, but is there anything else you wanted to say? Like, is there anything you wanted to share about your experiences? Well, well, I don't expect everyone to become a midwife to help them, <laughs> help them get over a lot. Um, but I guess it's just, you know, when you lose a baby, don't hide from the world, find, whatever support you need, you know, um, look for your online forums, look for, you know, SANS, SIDS and Kids, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there who will help you through your grief. And you know what? Call up your friends and say, hey, I'm going through this shitty time and I need some support because people will run, they'll run away. But hopefully is if you're open and honest about your feelings, the real ones will stick around and help you through it. Well, and you remember those people, like my sister, yeah. she the day after we lost Max and she bought a whole yeah. lot of food and she just spent the day with me and yeah. just the most supportive thing she could do. And then after I got home from when I was with you, um, yeah. my next door neighbor just showed up, like just like came over with a box of chocolates and just like for 10 minutes just to make sure I was yeah. okay because I had to take Joey yeah. to the doctor that day. And I was, I was actually just about to leave the house and um, take him to go get, you know, vaccinations because, you know, life goes on. And yeah. um, but just the fact that she acknowledged that, like, you know, there's just these people who I think are just these angels in the world who just sort of mm. look after other women, particularly women who look after women. And yeah. that's you know, what you guys are, like just these, like, it sounds so corny, but I just think you're all these amazing <laughs> people. <laughs> Really like if there, if there was ever a time when you need an angel to protect you, it's then, you know. Yeah. Right. yeah. So there That's you go. true. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to hear though. <laughs> you've been listening to That Shit Show. If you like what you've heard, head to the Facebook page or the website for more information. It's thatshitshowpodcast.com. 
you'll find show notes and more episodes to download. Thanks so much for joining me.